well, the show's called Cult of Personality. It's time that we put some personality back in it. So, Matt, what's new with you? Real answer. You just put me on the hussy. Now I have to yep. inject the show with personality? Yeah. No, just what's new? What's new in your life? Uh, nothing, because we recorded like three days ago. <laughs> you listen to... Uh, how's the mu- the music reviews going? going okay what have you reviewed recently uh nothing in like the last couple weeks i'm just trying to write this i'm trying to put out a fogarty review it was a good show fogarty john fogarty oh that was the that was what you went and saw yeah nice it was a good show for like an old man how much were tickets they were like uh i think they were like 80 70 80 dollars how close were you we're on the floor nice yeah but they had seats there but you could just move ahead but it was it was it was loud yeah that was the first time i went to the canada life center for a concert was it pretty much the ccr or was it does john have some solo hits he, as has, well? he has a couple of solo hits like um like stuff like um his big one is centerfield was just like a baseball song okay and he has a couple odes to his wife that he wrote. It was mostly CCR, though. Yeah. Like, 75%. Because the good stuff. Was he the singer of CCR? Yeah. He was? Okay. He basically was CCR because he, he was writing them. He was arranging them. He was composing them. It's like, you know, he was writing all the songs, you know. Yeah. He was the creative force. So, it was a good show. Good show. I... I- Kaylin asked me, like, do you know where they're from? And I'd guess, I don't know, somewhere in the south. But no, they're just from California. Yeah, they were basically LARPing as <laughs> yeah. southerners. Yeah, that's what's kind of funny. Because you wouldn't think, because they talk about the bayou and stuff. Yeah, born no, on the bayou, he liar. Just, John Fogarty, <laughs> he just thought it was, like, cool. You it's know? like Kevin Smith. <laughs> what the hell? He's a fraud. He's a bit, is he a fraud? Yeah. yeah. Okay. To be uh, truthful, yeah. But he's a pretty damn good fraud. Yeah. So I give him that. How was the concert? A good concert. Yep. Good concert. Um, it was bumping. Every, everybody was blitzed. People were dancing, doing a little jig. Nice. Stuff. It was good. It was a good time. What was the uh, crowd like? Was older people mainly? It was... Um, the crowd was exclusively... Older people. Well, I think we were the youngest people there. Uh, I saw like a, like maybe like ten people our age. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, middle aged people, uh, middle aged white people, and Aboriginal people, hmm. and that's it. Okay. So I guess that's the Fogarty demographic. It was good though. It was a great concert. What did you write about before that? Before that, uh, I wrote about. Uh, I saw Men I Trust, which is just like this this indie pop group that I don't really know that much about, but I saw their show and it was okay. Are they local? No, they're oh. like from Quebec. Where where were they Not performing? Uh, Park Theater. Yeah. Yeah. How much were tickets there? <laughs> like thirty dollars. Do you want to mainly write about concerts? I I just try to write about whatever I think about musically sometimes i just concerts i yeah and like you know i just review some albums sometimes just whatever's cool just whatever makes anything that i got uh, something to say about yeah yeah Yeah. are you still practicing the bass or is that 
Are you kind of too busy for that recently? I, I do that too. Yeah. 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 I, uh, you know, I play every once in a while. Not too often. Yeah. Like a couple times a week. A couple times a week? Yeah. For like an hour or so? Yeah. It's good to, you know, flex the fingers a little, you know, almost feels productive. Yeah. Yeah. What have you uh, learned recently? Uh, l- lately, I have been playing some CCR songs, which is nice because they're really easy. Yeah, are they? Yeah. But they're very groovy too. So you can kind of bounce along to them. Yeah. What have you learned? Uh, like, uh, Bad Moon Rising. Nice. Uh, just like a lot of the classics, a lot of the stuff off Green River, which okay. is good. Yeah. How hot is the sea right now? Um, it, it could, you know what? It's toasty. Yeah. It's like when you're on, it's like five minutes into full blast on the sea warmers, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like minus 25. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's a change of pace. I did see a movie. What do you see? Uh, I saw Raiders in the theaters. Really? At uh, the classic uh, place? That Just a Cineplex. It was just like McGilvery? A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know what? That movie just like, it's like the perfect classic action adventure. That's a mm-hmm. good production value. Beats up some Nazis. Gets the girl. Pirates in there. What's not to like? It's just Boomer Star Wars, which I I really like. Yes, it's like uh, it's just like cool action adventure, but like not in space. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Yeah, it's just a cool, rugged, handsome man punching Nazis and shooting Arabs <laughs> and all the fun stuff. You know, stealing artifacts. You know, it's just fun. ILM must have done the effects for that, right? I think so. It's it's like uh, George Lucas did the story or something yeah. for it, right? I don't know if who made it. I know Spielberg directed it. I don't know actually how much is whose mm-hmm. for Indiana Jones, but it was. I think they build it like uh, from the creators of Star Wars and Jaws. Really? Yeah. Oh well. So. Do you know that ILM is still doing like effects? Like they're doing, they were the ones that did the effects for the Avengers movies. I I heard that, but I get. I'm guessing there was just like a radically different entity than they were like 40 years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably like you know, it just whatever guys on the computers now. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever. Yeah. There's an ILM doc coming out. When? Um. And I think it was for Disney Plus. Then, you know what? If it's going to come to Disney Plus, then it's going to be like, I don't know. It's going to be a little... Mm, like a little... A little celebratory. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Because I don't know. I, I don't know if they own them, but they are clearly buddy-buddy with them. Line magic. Okay. July 27th. It's already out. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to watch this. God, I love stuff like this. Okay, well, I'm going to have to watch that first step tonight. Oh, you special effects geeks. I'll try to watch that for next week. Yeah? Yeah, for a little side discussion. A little light magic. Throw a little light magic on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to see Nope. So we, okay, yep. shut up about that. So we can <laughs> talk about that in, in detail. Yes. I want to read this review at some point because I really... Uh, where is this review f- uh, sourced? Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So just just so we can give proper credit. Um. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about Raiders? 
No, that's it. That's it. Just it's just a classic. It's a pretty simple classic movie. I really like it. That's it. Yeah, I, I my takeaway from the last time I saw it was like, wow, this is a very effects heavy movie, and they're all they're yeah, really 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 good, good effects. effects. It's just like there's just like set piece, set piece, set piece, yeah. set piece. He goes here, he goes here, goes to this country, goes to this, and it's like nonstop action. Yeah. In hindsight, when you compare it to other like seventies films where like there's action, but like this one is really like just go 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 what year was it i think it was like 81 81 yeah and this is and it was like inspired by old time comics right it's like old adventure serials yeah and stuff like that so yeah like some comic like maybe like some doc savage just like the classic pulp adventure Mm -hmm. yeah that's what he's supposed to be like what do you have you seen crystal skull recently recently no um i'm really not excited for indiana jones 5 yeah because um harrison ford is a million years old (laughs) and kingdom of the crystal skull was not really good i actually think it will probably be better than that yeah um but like probably not by much i should rewatch that because i haven't seen it in forever and i don't know (laughs) Like I that wanna... alien did not age well. I'll tell you that. Okay. Oof, I can just imagine that really bad looking crystal skull in The movie looked in bad at, at the time. Like the monkey scene when they're the swinging. Pants. Yeah. It's just, it's too much. And it's like, that's, that's where it got too cartoony. Mm-hmm. With like Kate uh, Blanchett's character. And like, that's where it was becoming like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. It was too much. Whereas, like, Raiders is, like, it takes itself pretty seriously, but it's just kind of extravagant in its scale and its scope, and it has some humor to it, but it's, like, a, it's like a action-adventure picture for adults. So is Disney going to be making Indy 5? Yeah. Well, because the, they own Lucasfilm. So, yeah. Maybe Taika can direct it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's maybe it's Spielberg again. I don't know who's right. Yeah. That's the thing about these really old IPs. Like the, Put them now they're now they're the main characters are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and we're supposed to believe that they can go on these adventures. Like I'm supposed to believe that Laurie Strode can fight off Michael Myers when she's 80 years old. Maybe she won't. Maybe she'll lose in this next movie. I hope so. <laughs> But then we'll still get Halloween movies if she's dead. That's not going to save us. Halloween starts again. <laughs> In 2027. We'll just be called The Halloween. <laughs> God. Are you want to talk about the movie? Um. Yeah, I guess if we have to. I'm just going to read this review because I just thought it was so funny. Is that okay? Is that okay. chill? Two out, uh, so it's 2 out of 10. <laughs> I think the movie is maybe a bit better than 2 out of 10. Yeah. Um, This reviewer says, For the life of me, I have no idea why Slapshot is a famous movie. It's so incredibly dated. I'm really sorry, Paul Newman, but you've made so many better movies. If I write one bad review, I hope you'll understand. And I just want this reviewer to know that I I talked to Paul and he (laughs) he did understand. This does happen. Newman plays a hockey... New man plays a hockey player and a coach in this utterly 70s sports movie. Newman from Seinfeld? (laughs) That seems to be both spoofing itself and and taking itself entirely too seriously. 
The players and fans get into brawls during games in order to gain attention and popularity. It's really silly. Maybe 40 years ago, it was supposed to be funny, but it isn't anymore. (laughs) Harsh. And since it's also a pretty lousy sports movie, I can't really think of any reason to recommend it, even to Paul Newman fans. If you want to watch a Paul Newman sports movie, try Somebody Up There Likes Me instead. I never heard of that one. What do you think about the movie? It's okay. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good? Yeah. Okay, so what's the plot of the movie? Basically, Paul Newman is an old guy who is the coach and the captain, I guess. Yeah. Of this minor league hockey team. And it's all the chiefs. It, the movie's kind of a we have to save the community center movie where the team is not doing well mm-hmm. and they have to band together for one great season to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, except they resort to tremendous amounts of violence to get publicity. And that's the movie. You know what it reminded me of? Have you ever seen the movie uh, Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell? <laughs> that one is classic. It reminds me of that same plot line where it's there's a sports team. They're not doing well. They get, find a gimmick. It makes them do well. And then they learn that they have to get rid of the gimmick and win uh, fair and fair square. And square. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then maybe they lose and maybe they win, but the point is they've become better people. So who's funnier between Will Ferrell and Paul Newman in this? Will Ferrell. (sighs) Unfortunately, that is true. (laughs) Paul Newman is probably the worst part of the movie. Okay, well, okay, okay. Why why do you say that? Um, Just because he he's sort of all over the place. And, okay, so one thing that I liked is that I went into this thinking that it was just going to be a comedy movie, and then it actually is somewhat of a serious drama, and then they just have, like, comedy over top of it. Like, they're kind of hitting, like... They're sort of dealing with, like, um, players past their prime, um, abusive relationships, and all that stuff I'm like oh what the fuck and then over top of that they have these three goofy Canadian guys um, but anyways Paul Newman's character he's so wishy-washy mm-hmm. th- that I don't really know what his motivations truly are mm-hmm. um, because he has this wife this ex-wife like he's a, he's a loser the wife leaves him and then he's like simultaneously trying to get her back and then also be with someone else and they don't do it in like this tortured confused like ah i don't know what i want sort of way it's just like he's just doing it on a whim like yeah. he's a dog chasing cars or something <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that, that's a good way to put it that was like my biggest issue with this character okay well, the thing with me is that his character well the thing you have to no, going into this movie that his character is he's a dick oh yeah big time um he's just like well he's just just to save his team basically what I perceive from his character is that uh, he really wants uh Poon yep and to play hockey and to play hockey he'll just do whatever it takes to yep. keep going uh even if it's um uh just fighting all the time mm-hmm and Poon well you know what there was this thing where like he's flirting with Harry S. Truman's wife 
Michael Keen. So my, Michael Onkeen's um, character is just a star player. He's a good all-American or all-Canadian or Yay-o. whatever boy. Um, and he's just a really good player. Yeah. And he's having, except he's having tra- problems with his wife because they moved to a shitty little town to play hockey and she drinks all the time. Yeah. So the whole movie, they're having a spat. And Paul Newman's character is, like, coming on to her, saying you should leave him. But here's the thing. It's, like, the movie kind of um, surprised me because I thought, or maybe I was just misconstruing the relationship. I thought they were going to, like, he was going to try to sleep with her. But he even at one point takes her to the parlor and says, I haven't touched her. She's just a kid. So he acts kind of sleazy, and his character is kind of just like a sleaze bag. He's sort of a con man, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be like he's a jerk with a heart of gold, because all he wants to do is play hockey and get his wife back mm-hmm. and have a darn tootin' time. Yeah, um, I really like Michael Odenkin's character. Yeah, um, I knew as soon as I saw him on Twin Peaks, and I read that he's from BC. I knew he could play some mean hockey. Yeah, and I was surprised. Like, there's good choreography for yeah. uh, for like a like they're all playing. Yeah, I was gonna say like at one point I was thinking like, oh yeah, they actually they're all skating. I don't think yeah. they're doing doubles for anybody. No, maybe that was the criteria f- when they put out the the casting call. Yeah, yeah, was you need to be able to skate. So this is what you got. You have Paul Newman, you have Michael Onkin, and then that's like really it for anybody I recognize. Oh, I I recognize one other guy, but maybe it's the same one. Who do you recognize? Uh, you say first. You say first. The freaking um, sports reporter. Yes. It, it, this is so neat because I only know him from one movie. Is it? The, is the is fr- it Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this freaking sports reporter in this who just always writes uh, raving reviews of their games. Yeah. Is the freaking uh, old guy in Christmas with the Cranks who calls Tim Allen old man. And yep. His wife is sick and then he gets the cruise at the end of the movie. <laughs> And I, if you just, you were just so distinctive that even like thirty years later, it, like I was like, oh wait, that's him. He's also in Blade Runner. As who? He is like the chief or something of the police. Yeah, I like at the beginning who's like go, yeah, go get the get them, go run the blades or whatever they do, <laughs> whatever they do in that stupid movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's it. That's the only thing I recognized him from. And then yeah, then there's just a bunch of hodgepodge characters. I think the cast is decent. Mm-hmm. There's some decent characters. Look, okay, it, the movie is kind of like a. It's sort of a late night comedy. Okay, it's kind of crass. Yeah. So you get the pervert. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes the pervert character works. I think it works here. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's kind of funny. He's just so greasy. Um, like his side of the locker room just has just has centerfold ladies all over it. It just every single thing he says is just filthy. And he just makes up stories all the time. He's like, as at the bar, this girl comes up to me. She presses her chest right up <laughs> against me. I slap with her. It's like, yeah. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Um, then you have the Hanson brothers who are like kind of like the icons from the movie, yeah. I guess. Um, they're kind of like human minions because <laughs> they don't really think that much, but they do what they're told. Yeah. And they have big funny glasses. Yeah. Uh, they're great. <laughs> um, it's a, it, it, they're a good trio. Uh, they're just, 
they kind of remind me of people I knew growing up. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm going to be honest. So that kind of resonated with me. And I think you'll like this movie more if you were kind of... If you're Canadian, because you're kind of like without, you know... Even if you weren't a part of it, you were around hockey culture yeah, if you yeah, live yeah. in Canada. So some of the stuff in this, like just the way the people act, this kind of savage nature of it all, just the culture of it might resonate more if you, if, uh, as opposed to if you just were an American. Can or, I interject? Yeah. Uh, one time I went to visit some family friends in Calgary, and they're... Uh, their children all played hockey growing up and I went to the Suns hockey game and I like I totally got the energy from this movie at that game where the uh, one of the moms was young at the ref calling him a f- and shit like that because bad call ref something like that seriously you know I used to play hockey and I remember um we used to have this player who couldn't play on Sunday mornings because his dad was a pastor. Mm-hmm. But you better believe that when the pastor father was there, he was berating the referees. <laughs> There's just something about hockey that brings out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so intoxicating. And, like, I guess that's kind of what the movie is about. I guess there's supposed to be some commentary and violence because what the movie centers around is they resort to violence to get publicity. And um, what's his name? What's the freaking what's the Ankeen's name? Uh Ned. Ned. Ned is just opposed to it. He's a good boy. He's not gonna do it. Yeah. They they win a game um by forfeit after one of the goalies after he sleeps with this goalie's wife, uh, who told him that she was sleeping with women. Yeah. And he says, Your wife's a dyke and then she and then he um gets kicked out and they don't have a backup goalie, so they win. But Michael Ankeen's character says, while they're all celebrating, that's a garbage win. Yeah. So that's kind of like the center conflict, along with all the marital problems in the movie, which is is a big focus. Mm-hmm. It's a surprisingly... Well, it's actually not a decent date watch, because... Well, they get together in the end, actually. Uh, they don't... Ned? N- yeah, yeah. Ned and his wife. Um, I like the actress who played Ned's wife. I, I thought she was pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but like their storyline just kind of resolves itself. Cause it yeah, has to. it's one of those. And I was really worried that was going to be the same thing with Paul Newman's character. Like, asshole guy does one redeemable thing, and, and then, then he, he gets, gets the, the girl. girl. Like, I'm, s- I don't want to see that. But the ending actually is is better than that because yeah. his wife is kind of like he's like. Basically, what happens is. So they cheat their way. To, they don't cheat, but they just fight their way to the top. They're yeah. in the championship game. Um, but Ned's like, I'm not going to play anymore. And then Newman finds out from the buyer of the team that she's not going to sell them so they can keep playing hockey. She's just going to close them. Yeah, It's like when you burn down your store for an insurance payout. Yeah. I don't really know if that's a real thing that can happen. I thought that was kind of weird, but I just let it slide because this movie. Uh, like, wouldn't somebody want to buy them? Uh, can she just close the team? Does she <laughs> take the jerseys and everything? I don't really understand. But anyway, uh, so they find out this is going to be the last game, and he and this is his last season. He's in. He's a vet. And he says, we're going to play clean. They play clean, 
Uh, but then they realize that there might be NHL scouts in the stand, so haha, they go back on their morals. Then there's a great scene where Michael Ankin just does a strip tease in his own form of protest. And then uh, one of the guys punches the ref. Uh, one of the guys on the other team punches the ref for He's not like, This stop. is a disgrace. This is disgusting. Yeah. And then they win the game. So they win another game by... So that one's also a garbage win, but for some reason this one we can celebrate. <laughs> um, the movie kind of has that silly tone. It feels like it's kind of semi-serious only in its uh, relationship drama and depending on how you interpret it, how you see violence uh, treated in this movie because it's kind of ambiguous. Did you want to finish your main point? About what? Um, Paul New- Newman and his wife. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> uh, Paul Newman and his wife, they don't... He finds out he's going to go to Minnesota. Yeah. And they kind of leave on a note that's like, she's probably not going with him. Yeah, well, he's like, you're coming with me, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, awesome. So it's like a bittersweet ending. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't totally, you know, it doesn't totally vindicate this asshole yeah. protagonist. And it's like impossible to because he's such a dick in the movie. Oh, yeah. He's like the he's basically the villain in this movie. I don't know. <laughs> Um, you have like Michael Onkin's kind of the hero he's got his girl he's got good morals mm-hmm. and he just wants to take that all away from him um, it's a decent dynamic although they're both kind of stoic characters or maybe just stoic actors so they don't have too much chemistry per se they're just no. that's just where all the conflict comes from they're kind of standoffish yeah yeah I was waiting for more conflict but it's all very passive aggressive like yes. there's one scene where the one of the care uh, one of the players almost like he's like teetering main character territory. He um forget what his real name was, but he's like I'm gonna switch my name to Killer mm-hmm. to to take on like this tough. Oh, Killer was a Killer Carlson, something like that. Yeah, and then Michael. Uh, I'm just gonna call him Michael. I'll, I'll Mike. call him Harry S. Harry S. Is like. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna play along with this shit. Yeah. And then Newman is like, "Well, I'm gonna bench you then." And then they kind of just leave it at that, and he's not benched. And I was, I was waiting for like the conflict to ramp up throughout the movie, but there's just like a breaking point. In, and Harry S is like, "I'm done with this. I'm like, fuck this." He, he walks out of the game, and then for some reason he comes back for the next game. Um, inexplicably because the movie has to end. Uh, well, I think they could have done it a little bit better Paul there. Newman comes out in the woods where he's staying and he's like, hey, you know, I want you there. I'm going to do a clean game. So I guess it's... But then at the end he says, fuck to- you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, your wife is sucking my cock or whatever he says. <laughs> your wife's having a good time at my place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But see, it's just like he tried to do a nice thing, and then when it didn't go his way, he's just a dick. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could say it's like, you could almost say this movie's like a character study, and the movie really is centered around Paul Newman, because it's Paul Newman's big name. Yeah, he's the only one, like, billed at the opening credits. Yeah, well, he's just, he's the big name in this, and they have other guy. Michael Onkin wasn't big in 1977. This is like 15 years before Twin Peaks. Yeah. He didn't. He aged pretty well. You know, yeah, I'll say that. I, I, I don't know what age he is in this, uh, and I don't know what age he is in Twin Peaks, but he looks good. Um, there's some good gags if we're talking about the humor. Like I said, a lot of it is crass. Um, sort of a midnight movie in that way. 
But I had a chuckle or two. Yeah, it's not like airplane uh, comedy. No. It's just... It's not that clever. No, it, it's not like puns or anything. It's just guys being dudes. It's just guys being dudes, really. The boys will be boys, the movie right here. I actually really like this scene where they're just at a bar watching a, a soap opera episode. Yeah. And they're just doing commentary over it. S- sometimes they do silly things. Like in the in the locker room, they have TV. And yeah, they'll yep. just watch a sitcom. In this scene, they have some weird old-timey music in the background. They're all kind of centric because, like I said, the, it, the movie's like semi-serious. Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's not. I guess like people say it's a sports comedy, but it's like it's a little bit less than that. Yeah, you know. I mean, if it was twenty minutes longer, it would be pushing epic territory. <laughs> so we could have almost had a hockey epic. This movie. this, this is kind of like a hockey epic. It does span a large part of the United States, so that's like a lot of miles in between. <laughs> I found that with. There's, like, this niche of called movies where I find that the cult appeal is just that it has these out-of-place wacky characters. Yes. And in this case, it's the Hanson brothers. Yeah. Just like in Clerks, it had, like, Silent Bob. They just yeah. have these weird, like, comic book characters in it. And that's, like, the only cult appeal I can find from this movie is, like, the Hanson brothers. And it's just, I guess, a little bit of a niche topic. Like a small town hockey team. Yeah, and also you know some of the fights are decent, so it's like, it's just like a good like stupid watch because mm-hmm. you can just even just delight in pure violence, which is takes up a good part of the movie. The other thing is, I think it's just like like what's another good hockey movie like Mighty Ducks? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That this is like it really. There's like Miracle, but that one's like a serious biographical movie. This is like yeah, there's not a lot of hockey movies. No, there isn't. See, so I think that's part of the reason. You know, weird because nobody cares about hockey enough for Hollywood to make them anyway. That's odd. Yeah, they just don't care in the states, man. There's plenty of football movies, baseball yeah. movies, but yeah, I think that has it. Yeah, the I think the Hansons are part of it. Uh, I went to um, front of the show Gabrielle's workplace mm-hmm. and inexplicably they had a statue of the Hanson brothers like in the break room like on top of the cupboard and I was like what's the deal with that and she's like I don't know so I guess it's just it resonated with people is that why you picked the movie I saw that like a few months ago and then I was like and I looked it up and I said it was a cult movie so I was like I'll add this to the list nice yeah do you and- want top up no, I'm okay. good. And the list is getting pretty thin at this point, so... Of cult movies? Uh, of, of the movies on my list. Oh. And cult movies, I don't know. Uh, how many movies... How many cult movies do we have now? Uh, well, we have, like... We have our old tr- trusty uh, list of 400 movies, and... Okay, well, I think... We're almost at episode many, 150. But, so. but how many of those movies would you discount? Like, would you really say 2001 is a cult movie? Most of that first page I would discount. I would say, like, you can discount safely half of the list. <laughs> so we still have ways to go. You're not done with us yet, people. Um, I think that's all I really have to say. I mean, the movie's fast-paced and dynamic. Like, all the hockey scenes are... 
they all go by quick. I'm never thinking like, oh, this we're just watching hockey like with Saturday Saturday Night Fever, where it's just like, okay, another dance sequence. Let's do this. Um, one thing that was interesting is that they have like a few licensed songs that they'll play a couple of times throughout Dude, the movie. <laughs> so so they play some like accurate like radio pop for like '77. They play yeah. some Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And then they play um, right right back where we started from, like four times in the movie. Which maybe was that's a joke. Maybe because I guess like it's for this kind of movie that song's a little fruity, but it's also it's just a popular hit. Hey, it's a good song. I like that song. But um, yeah, they use that. They use Rhiannon. Yeah. Um, they use a couple other songs. Uh, it, it is weird that they use that one. That was basically the theme for the movie. It's right back where we started from. I like. I'm pretty sure they played Rhiannon a couple of times, and I don't know if that was a joke. If it has like some thematic reason for playing it two times, or if it's just that well, it's they probably had to just get the mileage out of the few songs yeah, that they could afford. I think that was just big in 1977 yeah. when Fleetwood Mac is big. And I like the license. Hey, you know they pick good licensed songs, mm-hmm. even if even if they're used strangely. So shout out to them for that. Good soundtrack, which is like four songs. You know, it's like a little. It's like a soundtrack EP. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> They should put a 10-inch out of that or something. That's honestly all I have to say. That's all I have to say, too, really. It's a pretty simple film. Yeah. This is, like, a good watch um, with the boys. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you just uh, I just want some really casual viewing, you don't have to commit too much to this thing. No. Um, it is two hours, which maybe is a touch long for a film of this nature. And I guess the two hour mark as opposed to the 90 minutes is to show that it's a serious movie, guys. I because guess so. only because silly movies are 90 minutes. <laughs> serious movies are an hour and another hour. <laughs> because when I, I fired this up, I, I just went off of what you told me, which was like hockey comedy. That's all I knew, and Paul Newman. And I was like, okay, this is going to be an hour and a half, definitely. And then, oh, two hours, all right. And then, yeah, there's some serious uh, subject matter in it. There's some boobs. There's some, a lot of talk. They they drop a couple, uh, they drop a couple retards. It is, you know, keep in mind, this is 45 years old. Yeah. Um, and it's also hockey culture, so put that back like another twenty five years. <laughs> so you can kind of s- excuse it a little, right? You know, yeah. The hockey bros that I knew uh, <laughs> back in high school were definitely dropping some fruities, <laughs> <laughs> D- dropping some f bombs for some sure. Mentally challenged. <laughs> hey, that's just a game, baby. Locker room talk, like Mister Trump says. You know, hey. <laughs> Uh, bags. I'm gonna give this three out of five. Yeah, I would watch it again. And <laughs> you know what? I like that French Canadian goalie guy. He was funny, mm-hmm. even if it was just because he had a funny French accent. And he couldn't speak English all too well. And I like to laugh at French people. True. Uh, s- same score, but multiply by two for the denominator and the numerator. Um. Um. Uh, so that'll be six out of ten. Oh, yeah. 
and then if you divide that by two, that's like three out of five yes. bags. Yes, that would be... The... So three out of five bags is what we're looking at here. Fuck it. Three out of five bags for this movie. Nice, nice. Fun for the whole family. Next week, we're watching Stalker, so there's a... that. Okay, okay. There you go. That's 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 good. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Was that on the 400 list? Maybe. I just picked it on my head. That's good. I think I think you need to take a break from the IMDb list because I don't think those guys really know as much about movies as they let on. No. I think they're uh, I think they're capping. IMDb is is odd for movie scores. For scores, yes. Yeah. Um yeah. Like, I think you and I went to look at like the high, the, the highest rated movies and even then it was like a nine point something yes i don't know how they weighed it but i mean it's like godfather it's like you're either gonna read like a nine or a ten right so it gets like nine and a half godfather i'm gonna say on imdb probably has like a seven no well you never know i know like in the top movies they have like they have the some of the classics and you get some modern classics like the dark knight couple more okay I'm movies. wrong See, yeah like 9.2 so it's like you either give it you either think it's perfect or you think it's pretty damn good yeah or you turn in your movie lover card <laughs> and you say it, it insists upon itself <laughs> are there reviews okay okay we gotta find I did not care for the godfather <laughs> we have to find uh, a sort by helpfulness what yeah okay I want descending order then please all right. No we. score. No score. Great. Oh, this is this is a retro review. Twenty three years shit. old. Through the years, I kept hearing about The Godfather and how wonderful it was and all of that. I saw the video at the library. Oh my god, this is old. And finally decided to see what the hype was all about. Am I glad I did? Hey, okay. I wanted. Oh, you missed the part where he said, "I stayed up past midnight to watch," which is unusual for me <laughs> because I just couldn't turn it off. <laughs> I think the one scene that sticks out to me the most, along with the horse's head, of course, is a baptism scene. To hear Michael saying "I do" to accepting God and rejecting Satan, while you see all these assassinations being carried out by his orders, gave me the chills. If I see the word chills in another this this film brought or- tears to my eyes. If I had to give bags for The Godfather, I would give it four out of five bags of popcorn. I haven't seen it since high school. I watched it on Netflix on my Wii, so it's it's been a minute. Tru- <laughs> Truthfully, it does um, insist upon itself. Um, <laughs> it's a little too long. Uh, <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's still a good movie. This That is like a mobster epic. Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay. It perplexes One out of ten. <laughs> One of the worst movies you've seen, likely. All right. You know, I can respect it. It's Nothing like, redeemable it's about long. it. It's long. It's long. Maybe too long for him. It perplexes me how people can call this landmark movie making when they probably haven't even seen works from other directors. This is oh. the only movie they've seen. 
Kurosawa, Truffaut, Lang, the list goes on. Oh, it's one of these guys. All of whom had a much better eye than Coppola. Most of these greats are now forgotten, with the exception of occasional screenings at film schools, where one discovers that the contemporary filmmaking style overseas, 1950s and 1960s, was duplicated by American directors in the 1970s. That's crazy. The, what are you... What? His end of review. The Emperor's New Clothes, big time. End of review. Period. One out of ten. Thank you, movie alien. Non-existent or loose plot. <laughs> no, there's no climax, excitement, or outcome. Nothing happens. I think a couple of things happen. I think at the end of the film, we're in a different place than the beginning of the film. <laughs> Thought the acting characters were forgettable. Any other factor could have pulled off what Brando did, and the fact they went through all that trouble to make him 10 or 20 years older just proves a shot for name recognition. You know what I'll say about The Godfather? That movie yeah. is actually... It's so good. I showed it to my mom, who hates violence at all in any movies, mm -hmm. and she was like, that was a pretty good movie. Oh, really? And also, it's like three hours, yeah. I was surprised she liked it. So that's just the power of The Godfather. Only Movie Alien and Peter Griffin don't like this film. <laughs> And all these other guys. The Yawn Father. Holy based. If there was a zero out of ten, that's what I'd give it. Man. <laughs> these guys are knocking it out of the park here. Holy shit. Eat your heart out, Evers. The Yawn Father. I was going to make... I, I Actually, I still will. But I have an idea to make a compilation of... Um, Siskel reviews where he just says I didn't get the movie. And does was, he say that a lot in his review? Yeah. He didn't get it. Yeah. Like which movies did he not get? I I just the genesis of this was when I watched his review of Lost Highway, and he was like, I didn't really get this movie, and I just wanted to make a compilation of him saying I didn't get the movie or that the movie was too violent, and just have the goat. The too impact. violent? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have that a lot. This movie is ludicrous. It's so sensationalist in its content uh, okay <laughs> speaking of which lost highway a classic one out of ten <laughs> sorry uh lost highway <laughs> okay i want to read that review after because it's starting good lost highway will be coming to cinemas uh, actually next month yeah so i maybe we can do an episode on that if it's epic enough like not just it's um, the same restoration series i guess as uh, inland empire but it's not just going to be at the Cinematheque? It might be at, like, Cineplexes? No, it'll be at the Cinematheque. Oh. <laughs> it's just, I think it's just the same. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. just doing that for his 2000... Maybe they'll it's... do Wild at Heart next. Maybe. I hope so, because... I, well, they're doing it for Janus, uh, because they're doing the 4K cuts of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that Criterion has released Wild at Heart yet, so I really hope that they do. I was thinking about that quote that you sent me a while ago today about when Quentin Tarantino saw Fire Walk With Me at Cannes and he was just like David Lynch has his head so far up his ass he's like he's like he doesn't know what he's doing and I, I used to love his work and I'm like probably Quentin Tarantino just saw Wild at Heart and thought it was cool like do you think he watched Eraserhead and he was just like like I, what's weird about that is that like Firewalk with me isn't really up its ass like if he said that about Inland Empire yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. like I would respect that honestly if you're like this is it's too much but like unless he didn't watch Tim Peaks that's just like a that's like a just a really solid movie it to makes total sense yeah 
I don't I don't really get this. I I I guess you know maybe times have changed since Lynch was making that movie's like thirty years old, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's like ninety two. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that was like really radically different at the time, but. I don't. I that that that's such an odd comment to me. Yeah, there's like a few things like you can like the whole is it future is it past thing, the ring and like it's the angel, like a, but like who like cares? It's a good horror movie. Yeah, like, even if I don't know. That that was weird. You want to read this review to, to uh, close yeah, it out? One out of ten, a classic. <laughs> I am a teenager. I never thought of finding The Godfather so interesting. <laughs> Uh, shows a vivid and perfect example of the words classic and timeless in a movie uh, takes you to different heights with each scene directed of course by Francis Ford Coppola uh, Marlon Brando plays one of his funniest for me anyway and greatest role um, having seen the movie makes me want to pick up the book if you need a break from all the recent quote typical movies unquote then watch Godfather 1 out of 10 a classic I am a teenager <laughs> I think we should do this more often. It's pretty fun just reading. Sometimes I'm like, are these people for real? You have to think these these are these are your contemporaries, okay? <laughs> these are your peers in the cinephile community, okay? Uh, but perhaps overrated, great and classic, one of the most movies of all times. <laughs> But maybe overrated. Is def- they define the words classic and timeless. Such sets a very bad example. That's fair, actually. <laughs> I mean, from a moral standpoint, it's not, you know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, and then scroll down. That's and spoilers. Nothing in it. Uh, I don't know. I think that might have been our friend Elise writing that one. Oh, there is text for it. <laughs> one of the worst movies ever made. Oh my god, I, I could just do this all day. Alright, is that it? That's it for me. So, next week, Stalker. Yes. Okay. Listening to this episode, be it the pre, post, or just plain old fashioned rags. Send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at COT Podcast, COT Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake Shay, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough? Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling three. Two, one.